welcome to the Cell Culture Dish podcast, single-use bioreactors for fermentation. It's now a reality that deserves consideration. I'm Brandi Sargent, editor of the Cell Culture Dish, and joining me today is Ken Clapp. Mr. Clapp is a senior member of the Global Upstream Product Management Team covering single-use stirred tank bioreactors and fermenters at GE Healthcare Life Sciences. Ken holds a bachelor's degree in biology with a specialization in subcellular biology. He received a master's degree in biological engineering, focused on biological control systems, mathematical modeling, and instrumentation. Early in his career, he worked as a media chemist, produced antigens and antibodies in large scale, and developed hollow fiber-based bioreactors. Over the past 25 plus years, Ken has worked in a variety of roles with bioprocess equipment manufacturers, including field service, sales and marketing, applied research and development, quality assurance, automation, manufacturing, and operations management. He has been involved with and responsible for bioprocess equipment capital projects, spanning multi-vessel benchtop systems through large-scale multiple train production facilities. Over the past decade, single-use technologies have seen a huge increase in adoption in cell culture biomanufacturing, but single-use has not seen the same adoption in microbial fermentation, and I was wondering if you could explain to readers why you think that is. I look at it as if, uh, I look at it related to maturity of the technology, scientific progress, and market conditions. Fermentation processes are known to be very demanding on equipment, and that's quite a bit different than cell culture from that perspective. I mean, not that cell culture is not demanding, but you know, the, the forces, the stresses in fermentation are certainly well known to be higher. Early single-use bioreactors could only handle certain uh, cell culture processes. And in general, cell culture-based biomanufacturers were operating within where the state of the industrial cell culture was and how the conventional systems that were available addressed the need. Scientific progress led to higher cell culture product titers, and production volumes could be reduced as a result of that. And this really opened the door for single-use bioreactors. And, of course, changing market conditions have caused cell culture-based biomanufacturers to reconsider many of their operations uh, in order to adapt to these changes. The maturity of the single-use bioreactor products has allowed them to be used successfully in biomanufacturing, and I think that's that's an important benchmark. Uh, adoption of single-use bioreactors continues to expand, including for more challenging cell culture processes. So now that the single-use bioreactor technology has reached this level of maturity, uh, and cell culture biomanufacturing has been able to achieve the business benefits associated with implementing the technology, fermentation operations should should also benefit from this. It should actually work also for fermentation operations. Um, I mean, after all, fermentation-based products are not immune to changing market conditions, just like cell culture products. You mentioned some of the business benefits, and I'm hoping that you could share with us the most significant benefits you see for implementing single-use in fermentation. Yeah, of course. Um, I think the benefits are largely analogous to those seen in cell culture, namely reduced capital cost related to the single-use fermenter itself, the supporting utilities and piping, facility footprint as well. There's also a better equipment utilization because the reduced batch turnaround time, so more batches can be run in a given time period. 
There's also an, uh, nearly an elimination of either organismal or product cross-contamination. All this without the need for CIP, clean in place, and cleaning validation. I think the availability of single-use fermenters today allows for true reconsideration of the fermentation process design, meaning that single-use fermenters can be used in scale-up or scale-out scenarios. And this offers the drug maker's business model uh, some considerable additional flexibility. Say I'm using stainless steel tanks in my fermentation right now. What are the factors I would need to consider to decide whether single-use is right for my fermentation process? It's probably worth stating up front that single-use fermenters may not be appropriate for all fermentation processes, just like single-use bioreactors may not be appropriate for all cell culture processes. But it's important to screen the process requirements against the capabilities of the equipment, same as it would have been done in conventional stainless steel fermenters. Uh, each time we review a prospective fermentation process, we look at parameters, uh, parameters which have been been commonly reviewed in the past or over time with conventional systems and things like uh, oxygen transfer rates, uh, optical density, uh, power per unit volume, uh, maximum RPMs and gas flow rates and tip speed to name a few. Once the process has been shown to be a proper match, biomanufacturing strategy needs to be reviewed with respect to the therapeutic product that the company is looking to produce. Um, and the necessary capacity uh, to produce that product. As mentioned before, this is where or, or this is where scale up or scale out comes into place. This was this was part of the flexibility to the business model and the equipment utilization and plant throughput are important considerations here and should be compared, uh, I'd say, with the single use fermenter between the single use fermenter and the stainless steel fermenter. And if you decide that this process single use is right for you, what does implementation look like? From a high level, single use fermentation operation looks quite a bit like an equivalent stainless steel fermentation operation minus some of the space requirements. There's a fermenter, obviously, and media and other additives have to be supplied to it. Any intermediate harvest as well as the final harvest has to be managed as well. And if the objective of the implementation is to really maximize the single-use elements to benefit the fullest from the technology, then any of the bulk fluids like media can be prepared in and supplied from single-use mixers. Other typical additives like substrate or small-volume media components can be supplied from disposable bags, too. And of course, because of, of all this fluid management, there, there's an assortment of tubing sets to route those fluids, and there should normally be one or more tubing welders available for making those connections when uh, aseptic connectors are not used. So some of this, I mean, for people who are used to fermentation in the classical sense, you know, these are probably some foreign concepts where fixed pipe systems don't have some of these same concerns or requirements. I think another area... It's important in any of these implementations, uh, there'll be a need for training specifically to cover the single-use fermentation bag handling from the pre-use inspection process through installation and including disposal at the end of the process. Uh, the extent and frequency of the training will depend largely on the familiarity of the operators and the drug makers organization with single-use systems and technology. 
single use implementation, whether it's cell culture or fermentation, does represent a different way of working, and this should be recognized as a fundamental part of that implementation. You mentioned the benefits that single use has brought to cell culture. Can you explain a little bit about how you think that fermentation can leverage the experience of single-use technologies in cell culture to speed adoption? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, there's there's a vast body of knowledge that currently exists due to the cell culture experience that the industry has. This includes things like process screening, what I mentioned before, you know, matching the equipment to the process, the technology transfer aspects, you know, taking the transition, say, from a benchtop reactor or a smaller-scale conventional sterilized-in-place or autoclavable, transferring into a single-use product line. Bag robustness, I think, is a big one because that's some of the early skepticism around the, the bag for fermentation. And equipment design. Of course, there's also supply chain maturity. Uh, there's been a lot developed around supply chain and how closely the supplier and the buyers are now connected because of single-use technology. And, and I'd say those are, the, those are the main important ones. Each of these have been addressed, I think, very well in cell culture and for cell culture bioreactors. Um, single-use fermenter suppliers, particularly ones who, have you, who, have also, uh, who are also in the business of providing cell culture bioreactors, have applied that knowledge to their fermenter product as well. And as far as the business value, I think there, there's plenty of, uh, of information out there on the value of single-use technology and, and how that's been brought into cell culture biomanufacturing. All that information resulting from the single-use experience should decrease the effort for implementing single-use fermenters in a biomanufacturing environment. Great. And then do you have anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners? I do. Um, I started out in the conventional bioreactor and fermenter market segment with autoclavable and sterilized in place systems being involved in systems ranging from 500 mils to 40,000 liters long before the introduction of the first single-use cell culture system, the WAVE. And, you know, 30 years ago, even, say, 15 years ago, I would not have believed that high-tech plastic bags could provide the level of performance the level of cell culture performance compared to conventional stirred tank bioreactors. And for fermentation, not a chance. I wouldn't have given it a chance. But more than seven years ago, I had a chance to see my first single-use fermenter, um, and it had already been in use for three years, performing contract process development and manufacturing runs with organisms like E. coli, Pseudomonas, and Saccharomyces, and even some fungi. It was able to handle the three things that I saw as being the most challenging for a single-use stirred tank piece of equipment, uh, especially in fermentation. Those are oxygen transfer, power input, and metabolic heat removal. And that that system really convinced me that single-use fermentation was real. And in the ensuing seven years, the market has has seen a growing need to take advantage of the benefits single-use technology has to offer. And correspondingly, I think single-use fermenter products are available for that purpose. Great. Thank you so much. This was really interesting, and I really appreciate your time today. No, thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to discuss this. This is a very interesting technology, and I think it's important to the industry.
Thank you for joining us for this edition of the Cell Culture Dish podcast. To learn more about this and other biomanufacturing and stem cell related topics, please visit us at cellculturedish.com or for downstream biomanufacturing topics, downstreamcolumn.com. If you like this podcast, please consider leaving a review and visit our other podcasts at Cell Culture Dish Podcast on iTunes and Google Play.